The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Trejos, who is the personal finance columnist at the Washington Post. And she is also the author of a new book called Hot Broke Messes, How to Have Your Latte and Drink It Too. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Thanks for having me. Let's just start with a little bit of your background. I know you talk a lot about what happened in your personal financial life in this book, but how you got to the Washington Post and, and why you wanted to do this book. Uh, well, I've been at the Post for about 12 years now. Um, I uh, went to school in the area, Georgetown University, and I started out as an intern here. Um, and I've done pretty much everything. I've covered education, uh, local government. I went to our Baghdad Bureau, and so I covered the war in Iraq. Um, and then uh, when, when that was over, when I was done there, I did a few months there, um, I, I decided I wanted to try something different, so I switched to the financial section. Um, and I, I first started out as a, as a real estate reporter, and then um, a few months into that, I was approached by an editor who said, do you want to become the personal finance writer? And I looked at him and I said, are you kidding me? I'm a personal finance disaster. Um, but he thought, you know, that I, I would come up with some good ideas, um, which, which I did. Um, and so uh, that, uh, what was happening, you know, the, the whole financial meltdown was happening at that point. And, um, you know, I was talking to people all the time who were in all sorts of debt, um, similar to my situation. And I just started thinking, you know, I'm not that much different from them. Um, and so I decided to, that I needed to clean up my act. Um, and so, uh, you know, I just decided that there are a lot of people out there like me, and I just wanted to write this book to let them know that. Great. So you kind of tell your story, and then you give a lot of uh, personal finance tips as you go along. Uh, your first uh, chapter uh, is about uh, D.C., which for you means uh, being in debt, right? <laughs> it means debt, debt city. <laughs> debt city, exactly. So, so this is really kind of um, uh, your, your shopping habits. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how life in uh, D.C. as in Death City is like? <laughs> well, you know, this is, um, it, it's a very, it's actually an expensive town to live in. Um, and there are a lot of young people, people around my age in their 20s and 30s. Um, and uh, a lot of single people, um, kind of a transient population because people come in and out for, to work for the government uh, and whatnot. And so there's actually, um, there's a lot to do here. People are constantly going out. Um, you know, every night there is, Someone at a restaurant, there's a party going on, there's something going on. And so it can be easy to get caught up in that and to, you know, to say yes anytime someone says, well, let's go out to dinner. Um, but, you know, that gets really expensive if you're doing that every night. Um, and uh, I got to the point where I was, I was single um, and I just wanted to be out and about. So I was saying yes to all of these invitations and um, you know, spending way too much money just on, on hanging out. Um, and in addition to that, you know, I wanted to look good when I went out, so I would do a lot of shopping and just buy all sorts of unnecessary clothing. And then it seems at a certain point 
you were kind of ignoring all this. The bills were piling up, and then at a certain point, you said you have to face this. So what what changed things from enjoying all this to, to having to face it all of a sudden? Um, well, I couldn't I couldn't pay my rent one month. Um, it got that bad where. I had gotten. I was in such denial. Like I wasn't even opening my my uh, my bills. I wasn't looking at my bank account online because I just didn't want to know. And you know, and while uh, this was happening, I was giving people advice on how to deal with their own debt. Um, so I was, you know, in a sense, kind of a hypocrite at that point. Um, and so, uh, the rock bottom was when when I oh, I didn't have enough money in my bank account to pay my rent, and I had to turn to my parents. Um, here I was, a 30-year-old woman, um, unable to pay her bills um, and calling her, her parents, her immigrant parents who are retired. Um, so that, that was just such a low point for me, and I just realized that there was no way I could keep up with it. How common is this for people uh, in their 20s who are out on their own for the first time to, to go through a similar kind of cycle? I think it's very common. I, I've talked to a lot of people who have been in similar situations, and um, you know, I, I think part of the problem is that uh, schools we have not been good at teaching financial literacy, and so I think a lot of um, a lot of people they go away to college, and um, and the credit card laws have changed now. But at the time that I was going to college, um, you could get a credit card so easily, and I think you know a lot of young kids have fallen into that trap of just accepting any credit card offer and not understanding what the consequences are. You know, they think it's just it's free money when it's not. And unfortunately, they don't have the, you know, the financial background to know how to deal with the situation. You had been in this situation even before. You have a chapter on the college years for you, uh, what you call Keeping Up with the Jane Hoyas, right. uh, going to Georgetown. Uh, is is this common for people in college to get into a lot of credit card debt, particularly today now that things have been tightened up a little bit? Well, I think uh, the the law which was passed last year, I think that's that's changing things. Um, but uh, uh, up until last year, it like I said, I, you know, credit card companies would constantly be on college campuses. It got so bad. When I was in college, they would give us free T-shirts. But um, in later years, they were giving out free food, free iPods at some of these schools. And that was just really enticing to a lot of, you know, 18, 19-year-olds. And so I, I think, I, I don't remember what the exact numbers are, but, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of students are graduating from college with thousands of dollars in credit card debt on top of their student loan debt. Um, so you're starting out your adult life already behind. Yeah, so uh, did you kind of have a day of awakening in college? You just kind of went through college the whole way, just accumulating more and more debt? I just, you know, I, I knew I had a problem that I needed to fix, but I kept telling myself, you know what, I'm going to graduate, I'm going to get a job, my salary is going to increase, I'm eventually going to deal with this problem. Um, but it just, it just never happened until 10 years later. So what would you recommend, we're going to do adults more later, but what would you recommend for college students who are going through that right now, who are having, uh, you know, getting more and more into, co- into debt, they're having fun, they're dating, they're having pizzas, computers, and all that. What would you recommend for them when they're, they don't have much, if any, income, and yet uh, they have all these various financial needs? Well, I mean, I think they need to, to budget. I mean, that sounds really simple, but I think a lot of people don't do that, especially young people. Um, so I think they really need to uh, just sit down and just and write down how much they make and 
uh, what their what their costs are each month. I mean, I think budgeting is just so important. I also think they should involve their parents. Um, you know, you, you're in college, you think you're an adult, you don't want your parents to know what you're up to. But I think it really is important for them to have some sort of adult supervision and to be able to go to their parents and say, hey, you know, what do you think about um, this this particular student? What do you think about this credit card offer? You know, I, I, think, um, I think more adults need to get involved in these college kids' lives. Do you think the parents are open to that, or, or is there a lot of resistance going both directions there? I think parents are, are open to it. Um, you know, and, and I've talked to a lot of parents just in, in doing stories. Um, you know, they don't want to get into a situation where they're bailing out their child, and that's what's going to happen if, if the parents don't get involved early on. Yeah. So uh, you come out of college, basically you've got a lot of student loan debt, you've got a lot of credit card debt, um, and then you get a job where you think everything's going to be fine, or that doesn't happen for a while to, to start getting on the road to recovery? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's, it takes a while. It takes a while. It takes a lot of discipline. Um, you know, sometimes you have to, I mean, you can do it on your own. There's, there's a lot of ways for you to figure out how to budget and how to get yourself out of debt. But, you know, if it, in, in worst case scenario, you might have to go to a financial planner or to a credit counselor. Um, and that's okay. That's okay if you need to reach out to people for help. So then you've got a chapter called, uh, Oops, I Did It Again and Again, uh, where you talk about uh, relationships getting you into financial trouble. So yeah. tell me w- what happened in that case. Yes, and I think this happens to a lot of us. You know, um, I was an emotional spender, which I think a lot of people are. And um, I, I had a couple of really just terrible breakups. I had been engaged, and... Um, and we bought a condo together and then at the height of the market and then had to sell it at a loss. And, um, and then I got involved in another uh, live-in situation that also didn't work out. And any time these things, these relationships would crash, I would just go out and, and find a way to make myself feel better. And that involved going out a lot, you know, because I didn't want to sit at home alone. So I was... Um, constantly going out, um, hanging out at restaurants, at bars, and, you know, hanging out with people. Um, and then I also, you know, would go shopping because I, I wanted to look nice because I felt so bad inside. Um, and then there were a couple trips that I took because I just wanted to get away so badly from, from my life. You know, I was just so depressed that I just needed to get away, and I just blew all sorts of money on a trip to California, and there were a couple of other trips I took. So like I said, I, I was just a very emotional spender, and, and many people out there are like that. So for people in a similar situation, their early 20s, uh, getting into relationships, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Not to get into relationships at all, or certainly not to buy condos before you get married or something? <laughs> well, I would definitely say that. Um, but, you know, I think, I think it's important for couples to talk about their finances, um, if you're going to be serious with someone, you have to know how much they make. You have to know what sort of debt situation they're in. I never did that with my fiancé. We did not, I mean, I knew how much he made, but we never talked about what, what debt we were in. Um, and, you know, I remember one time I, I found out because I just happened to open the mail. And so you don't want to get into a situation like that where you're not clear with each other about, about what your finances are because, 
you know, you're, if you're living together, um, they're your finances as, as you know, the two of you. You're a couple, and you have to make financial decisions together. So would you recommend as part of the dating process that you uh, swap credit reports and, you know, kind of really get into each other's finances? Uh, well, I, what I, days do you do that? I wouldn't suggest that on the second date, but I think, you know, once you're, you know that you're, you're in a serious situation and a serious relationship, um, and especially if you're about to move in with the person, yes, I mean, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, swap credit reports, but just sit down and have a conversation and just be clear about exactly how much you make and, and what bills you have to pay each month. Do, do you think people do that in that relationship, or do they get kind of swept away and think the money will to kind of take care of itself somehow? I, I don't think people do that enough. I, and I think, and if you look at statistics, what it, money is the number two reason that people get divorced, I believe. Um, so, you know, people don't do that. They just, they fall in love. They think, oh, it's, this is not romantic to talk about our finances. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've had friends who, who were hiding their credit card debt from their spouses. I mean, that's just, that's just bad. Happens all the time. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nancy Trejos, who is the author of Hot Broke Messes, How to Have Your Latte and Drink It Too. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. In the United States today, women make up the majority of the workforce and the general population. It's time to lead and leverage this influence. Succeed Like a Woman with host Rhonda Jones-Sparks will address topics that are relevant to women at any stage of their lives. From starting their career to leadership at the top, we'll hear from the most prominent women leaders who will offer support and guidance and common sense advice to help you fulfill your leadership potential. Tune in to Succeed Like a Woman with Rhonda Jones Sparks every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca provides those of you eager to invest well in real estate with the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus is to help you maximize your real estate investment dollars. Listen live to the brightest minds in investment real estate every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Trejos, who is the personal finance columnist at The Washington Post. Her new book is called Hot Broke Messes, How to Have Your Latte and Drink It Too. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thank you. Uh, you went off to Iraq for a while to cover the Iraq war. What does uh, going off to a war like that do to your personal finances? You know what? It actually helped. <laughs> um, you know, I, it was, I was there at the end of 2006, the beginning of 2007, um, so it was before the surge. Things were really bad over there. Um, I spent two months and... Um, we lived in a, we had a house in a compound outside of the green zone, and um, frankly, I never spent money there. I mean, you know, there was a curfew at night, so there was no going out. All our meals were taken care of. Um, you know, I, it's funny, I, I never even touched money for two months, um, and so I was able to actually save quite a bit of money during that time. So would you recommend this as a strategy to get your finances together, to go to a war zone? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. It depends on the person, you know. Um, I, uh, you know, I personally, I'm really interested in foreign news, so that's, that's why I wanted to do it. Um, but uh, it's funny because I have a lot of uh, friends who are foreign correspondents, and, and they actually they, they can save quite a bit of money that way. Well, if this, the company's paying for it, I guess that certainly helps. Right, a lot of your expenses are taken care of. You have a chapter called Personal Finance 101, and the first one you talk about is uh, living within your means. It sounds easy to, to do, but how, how can people actually accomplish something like that? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's tough, but, you know, you just have to have the will to do it. I mean, like I said, budgeting is so important, and, I, and a lot of people don't do that. And it's, it's very simple to just sit down and, and come up with a budget. Um, and there are ways, there are websites that will help you do it. So it's just really important to just to be disciplined, to, to just tell yourself that I'm not going to spend more money than I have. Um, I, for some reason, it's that kind of mentality has not, we don't have that here in America. I have, I have friends who live in other countries in France, and, you know, they don't get into this credit card debt. It's just a different kind of mentality. Um, and so, and I, I do believe that that we do, we need to be better about teaching financial literacy in schools early on. We need to be telling kids, you know, this is this is how you plan a budget. This is how you spend money and and live within your meal your means. You talked a lot about eating out as one of the things that pushed you over. But when you stopped doing that, what were some of the other surprises you had in your budget when you actually wrote down where you're spending your money on? Well, that, that was the huge thing. Was just. Uh, the amount of money I was spending on entertainment. Um, and, and it's funny because I, I did this experiment with other people my age, um, and I, I made four of them. They were in their early 30s. I made them keep track of exactly how much they were spending on fun, on entertainment. And they were just amazed at how much they spent at the bars, even at the movies. Um, so, so that was the, the biggest shocker to me. I also, clothing, you know, <laughs> I went through this whole phase where I was, for some reason, I was buying suits, and I'm a journalist. We don't really need to wear suits, you know. <laughs> it's a very casual profession. So, um, you know, I, I was just amazed at just all the silly ways that I threw away my money. And, you know, you, have, you stop and you think, you know, what, how much money would I have had in my savings account had I not bought all those items? And then you're paying interest on top of that if you don't have the money to pay the bills, right? Exactly. 
So what would you recommend for somebody who's in that situation, who's spent more than they really have, who's got credit card debt, who's paying high interest? What, what would you recommend for somebody like that? Well, they, I, you know, if, if they're in a lot of debt, I would recommend that they seek help from a, from a credit counselor. Credit counselors can actually perhaps negotiate with your credit card companies to lower your interest rate uh, or to set up some sort of payment plan or a financial, pl- financial planner. Um, and that's when you, it's worth it to just call up a credit card company to see if there's any way you can negotiate a, a lower interest rate. You never know. They might be willing to negotiate with you. Did you try to do that yourself? I didn't do that. Um, I did get a financial planner, and she just came up with, with a plan for me to get out of debt. Like she came up with a budget for me, and she told me exactly how much money to pay um, each of my credit card companies. And obviously, we tackled the debt with the highest interest rate first, and then we went from there. And then you say it's important to score high. What are some things that people can do to improve their credit scores? If, in a case like you, when you had a lot of spending and relatively limited income, your score probably went down as a result of that. What yeah, did you do to yeah. turn your I score mean, it, around? It, it, it took me a while to get my score back up. Um, you know, paying your bills on time, that's the main thing. You have to, you have to uh, keep track of that. Um, and uh, making sure that, um, and, and, just, and paying down that debt, I mean, it's, those are the two main things because if you have if you're almost maxed out that's going to that's going to um, wreak havoc on your credit score. Do you think a lot of people are conscious of the impact of the financial moves they're making on their credit score? No, I, I don't think they are. I, and I think there's, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't even know what goes into a credit score. Um, so I mean that's definitely, and I think a lot of people, you know, you're entitled to your to an annual report for free, and I, I don't think a lot of people do that. And how do they get an annual credit report for free? Um, you can get it online. Um, I, think, I believe it's free, freeannualcreditreport.com. I think it's actually annualcreditreport.com. Okay, sorry. Yes. yes. That's right. And there's a phone number, too, 877-322-8228. We can get one free report from any of the three bureaus uh, once, once a year. Right. And I would recommend you do it uh, at different points in the year. So you, know, you start off, you get one, and then a few months later you get it from the other agency. That way you can see how you're progressing over time. Then you talk about the decision of going uh, using a debit card or credit card. What is the pro and con of using those in that situation where you have more spending than your income? Well, you know, I would just say stay away from the credit card uh, if you can. Um, Debit card is is, money you have. So if if you have a problem with debt, if you're a compulsive shopper, then, you know, I would recommend just just leaving it behind. If, you're, if you know you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be near stores, then I would, I would seriously leave my credit card behind and only take my debit card. Um, and, you know, there are some benefits to credit cards. Um, people, people can use them responsibly, you know, and, and earn points and earn miles. Um, I have friends who are very good at that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, you have to be very disciplined. You then say you shouldn't want to stash your money under the mattress either. So in a situation like that, were you saving a bit as well as paying on credit card debt at the same time? Well, in the very beginning, I was not. Uh, I was just concentrating on paying down the credit card debt um, until I got to the point where, yes, I, you know, I, was, um, pay, I had paid down the debt, uh, a lot of the debt, and so I was setting aside um, a little bit of money, which is the situation I'm in now. I'm out of my debt. And so now I set aside um, as much as I can each month. So what would you recommend for people who want to 
um, put a little money aside and get some savings going as to how they do that, even if they're making a relatively small amount? Well, I mean, the first thing is to pay off that credit card debt. So if, you're, if, you, if you have all this debt at 20% interest, which is the case for a lot of people, then your priority has to be to pay it down before you can save. Um, and then once you get to the point where you have a little breathing room, um, then I would just I would set up a separate account and just put in as as much as I as I could in it. Um, and you know, and also you have to make choices. You know, for example, um, I mean there there are things that you're going to have to give up. You don't have to give up everything. But when I was in in the deepest debt, you know, I decided okay, I don't really need cable TV. Um, so I I cut that out, um, and that you know sixty dollars a month. Um, I I just well I used it first to pay off debt, but now you know now when I started when I was no longer in debt, I was able to put that sixty dollars aside in a savings account. And then you differentiate between saving and investing. By investing, you mean long-term savings inside IRAs or something, or what? What do you mean by investing in a case like that? And how should somebody again on a relatively limited income start investing? Well, I. Uh, if, uh, that's your 401k mostly and your retirement savings. Um, I, I think it's important for everyone, even 20-somethings, to, to start saving for retirement. I mean, they, they have to. Um, and, I, and I've actually met a lot of people who, who don't do that. And even though their companies will match their whatever they put their for, in their 401ks, um, so I think, yes, you want to get out of debt, but at the same time, uh, you need to do the minimum at least to save for your retirement. If you're being matched, particularly, would be a good idea, right? Right. I mean, that's free money. Don't walk away from that. And then you have a whole section on dealing with Uncle Sam. Uh, what are some of the complexities of, of taxes, and can you mostly do it on your own, or do you need some help, again, in that kind of situation of a young person with a relatively limited income? Well, it depends on how complicated your finances are. Um, if you have, if you're not making a lot um, and you're not claiming all that many deductions, then I would, I would suggest doing it on your own um, because you'll save yourself a few, a few hundred dollars. But um, if you get, when you get to the point where, where things are more complicated, uh, your finances are more complicated, then I, it helps to go to an accountant. But, you know, a lot of people are able to do it on their own as well. Yeah. So it's really a personal decision. Your next chapter uh, is called uh, Take My Hand, and you're talking about finding a financial planner. What are some of the things that you found, and, and how does one go about finding a financial planner that works well for your situation? Well, I, I compared finding a financial planner to finding a therapist because um, you have a really intimate relationship with this person. Um, you know, this person knows everything about your finances, what you make, you know, what, what debt you're in. I mean, they, you have to be able to feel comfortable with this person. Um, and therefore, it's a really important decision if you choose to go with a financial planner. Um, I think you, you should get referrals. You should just ask your friends if they know of anyone um, and interview these people and, you know, actually sit down with them and, and interview them and just to see if you guys click, um, if you like the way he or she works. Um, and then I would do... Um, I would just make sure to find out whether or not they've had any sort of uh, complaints filed against them. Um, there are different uh, agencies that, that deal with that. Um, and, uh, and I would just uh, ask them for references as well and talk to their past clients. So, I mean, you're, you're hiring someone here, so to treat it seriously. Yeah. Um, so did you go through several people before you found the one that worked for you? 
I went through um, about three people, and and I found um, Christine Parker in in Maryland, um, and she was referred to me by uh, by another financial advisor who I had met during my reporting. And um, you know, I sat down. We met at the Starbucks, and I sat down with her, and I felt really comfortable with her, and I, I liked her style. She was she was tough, but at the same time, she was compassionate, and she didn't. You know, she told me, she didn't tell me, okay, you have to give up absolutely everything in, in your life. I mean, she built in, um, in my budget, she built in, uh, you know, even money for hanging out at, at restaurants. So she was, she was flexible that way. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nancy Trejos, uh, whose new book is called Hot Broke Messes, How to Have Your Latte and Drink It Too. She's the personal finance columnist at The Washington Post. We'll be back after this. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. When you are trying to establish your financial plan, there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration, from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs. How do you manage all of it to find a plan that will work for you? Tune in to The Insightful Investor with Bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Trejos. She is the personal finance columnist at The Washington Post. Uh, She has a new book out called Hot Broke Messes. How to have your latte and drink it too. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thank you. Is there a website or something related to the book that people can check out? Yes, it's nancytrehos.com. Which is spelled T R E Y J O S, just to make sure you get that. Yes. T R E J O S. 
Correct. Okay. Um, now, you have a chapter called The Kiss of Debt, and this is kind of how to handle your debt better. What are some of the lessons you can learn from that? Yeah, that, that's, that was a big chapter. Um, um, basically, you know, I, I talk a lot about budgeting and just how you have to um, sit down and, like I said, you know, write down all of your debts, um, look at all your different interest rates, and come up with uh, a plan for how you're going to pay that down. Um, and, um, you know, and, and sort of I talk about um, just sort of making, um, making trade-offs, uh, which, which you have to do. I mean, you don't have to give up everything in life, but you have to look at places where you can cut down. For me, it was cable and shopping. Um, you'll have to come up with something for yourself. How is the new credit card law, uh, which is not fully in effect, affected people's use of credit? Has, has it made it easier or harder? Or how do you think it's helped con- or hurt consumers? Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of good things in that law, um, um, but you know, I I, I do think um, it, it fell short a little bit. And, and the one main area I would say is in not capping interest rates, um, because I, I think um, we've seen we now see people with above 20% interest rates, um, and, you know, that's just, that's, that's just horrible. Um, but I think it, it has helped in, in a lot of ways in that now you won't automatically have your interest rate increase just because of you, you forgot to pay one month. Um, now credit cards actually have to give you more time. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think there are some benefits to it. Are there some specific programs you recommend? I mean, you talk in here, for example, about uh, Mint.com. Are there some other programs people can use to kind of get on top of their credit card debt and bu- budgeting better? Um, yeah, you know, Mint, I really like Mint. Um, I, I do mention, I'm kind of blanking on the, all the different websites that I, that I, um, I used. Um, uh, you know, Yahoo Finance is very good as well. Um, yeah, so... And I, I have that on my website as well. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Uh, your next chapter is uh, what you call Love and Money, which I guess is, again, up about the whole uh, relationship situation. In addition to what we talked about before, about just telling people where you stand, what are some other tips that you would have on people and how they can handle their relationships better and, and you know, handle the money part as well? Well, you know, uh, yes, obviously talking about it is important. Um, I think you should, you, you need to also keep track of, of your budget together. So I would recommend, you know, just having sort of a budget date night. <laughs> I know that sounds really not romantic, but, you know, you're going to have to look at your budget. You're going to have to discuss finances. Um, so I would recommend um, just setting aside a night, maybe once, one night a month, um, sitting down, looking at your budget, seeing, um, how you're doing with your goals, and, and actually you should sit down and talk about what your financial goals are, um, and and just deal with the finances, and then treat you, yourself to a nice dinner. You know, go out afterwards as a reward for having to talk about you know some unpleasant things. Um, so, you know, again, it's just it's so important for for people to communicate with each other. Um, I also think you know one other area that I I touch on a bit is just. Um, you know, whether or not, and people ask me this all the time, should we have separate bank accounts? Um, and I think, uh, I personally think that, you know, you're a couple, and yes, you need to have a joint bank account because your finances are intertwined. But I do think it's important for, for you to have a separate pot of money and not lie about it. It's okay to have your own bank account, um, and you just have to let each other know that that's the case. Do you find that people do lie to each other in a couple about money? 
Yes, unfortunately, I think that happens quite a bit. Um, like I said, I, I, I even have friends who were hiding their credit card debt from their spouses um, because they're, they're just afraid of what the reaction is going to be. Um, it, it's unfortunate, but we just have a weird relationship with money in this country. Now, let's talk a little bit about real estate uh, as it relates to couples. Now, in your case, you went ahead and bought a condo. Are you saying that you, that you should never do that until you get married, or, or what, what kind of advice would you have in the real estate area for couples? I personally would say I would never do that again. I would never buy property with someone I'm not married to. Um, but, you know, others would disagree with me on that, um, and, and, and that's fine, uh, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to buy property with someone you're not married to, then you need to protect yourself beforehand. So I would get the advice of a lawyer. I would get lawyers involved. Not romantic, I know, but um, you have to guard yourself. And you, I think you should set up an agreement in which you discuss exactly what will happen in the event of a breakup. And you discuss how much each of you is going to contribute to that monthly mortgage and to the household expenses. Um, and put this all down in writing. I think it's just extremely important to protect yourself. What if the other part in the, in the, uh, the couple refuses? They just are too uncomfortable. They just don't want to talk about money. What, what happens then? Well, that's the problem. Then <laughs> you have to reconsider. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... You know, if you're going to spend the rest of your lives together, that's going to involve money. And if, that, if one person is not willing to even talk about it, then that's, that's a problem. Then, and that probably says a little bit more about the relationship. You also have a whole section in here about um, who should pay for dinner and dates, that kind of thing. Yeah. What, what kind of advice would you have on that subject? You know, again, that's, that's such a personal decision. Um, some, and, and I think... I think women deal with this a lot more than men do. Um, you know, I, I, I have friends who they just they refuse to have uh, the guy pay for their meals, um, and that that's okay. If, that, if they don't feel comfortable um, having someone pay for their meal, then that's fine. Um, but you know, I think I, I like chivalry. You know, I, I think um, I, I still like you know I personally like being taken out on dates and to have. Um, have someone, you know, pay for my meal. Like, it's, it's chivalrous. Um, but, um, you know, I wouldn't, have, I, I wouldn't do that all the time. You know, I think, um, I think there are ways to manage it um, where, you know, perhaps, okay, if, if, that, if the other person's paying more of the meals, then, you know, you do what you can. Perhaps you, you make less money, money than that person. Um, if that's the case, then, you know, buy them a drink sometimes. Just, sh- you know, contribute a little bit to it. So you're saying that you, uh, being open about finances, somebody buys you a dinner and all that, I mean, you're supposed to ask them, can you really afford this, or do you want to see your credit card bills to see if you're getting into too much credit card debt? Are you kind of going that direction? Oh, well, I, on the first date, I would say no. <laughs> a little bit too much to, to do on the first date. Um, you know, again, the, the whole money conversation, I mean, I, I would wait until I'm, I'm you know, getting pretty serious with someone. I mean, I don't think you have to attack that person right away and say, do you have credit card debt? Um, and there's a way to do it nicely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you then have a whole chapter, which you call to have or have not, uh, which is about compulsive shopping, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, for somebody who, who is a compulsive shopper, who realizes what I'm supposed to go 
go cold turkey, or, or you know, how are they supposed to handle it? Not necessarily, no. I, I wouldn't say go cold turkey. That hardly ever works. And even my financial planner, when she put together my budget, um, she factored in a little bit of money for some shopping um, because it, it just it, it doesn't work that way, you know. Um, but I think you have to... You know, realize that you're a compulsive shopper and and really sort of ask yourself, and, and this is what I, I would do anytime I went to a store, if I got into a situation where I happened to be at a store, let's say, you know, my friend wanted me to go shopping with her um, and it was tempting to buy something, I would just talk to myself and say, do I really need this? And oftentimes the answer was no. I mean, I, I, had, I have so many black dresses in my closet, and there's no reason why I should have so many. Um, so I really sort of, whenever I go out, I, I really think, and I really ask myself, do, is, is this so unusual? Is this so wonderful? Is this so necessary? Um, have a conversation with yourself. And then beyond that, beyond compulsive shopping, you have in a chapter called uh, You Are So Vain about kind of luxury items. You're, you're, you particularly seem to be addicted to Bulgari <laughs> Jewelry, is that right? So no, not jewelry. No, just uh, um, lotion and and shampoo. <laughs> I see. But again, it's cheaper it, than the jewelry. <laughs> but if if people have that, they they want to spend a lot on grooming and clothes and all that. I mean, you're not saying stop it all together, but have a budget for it. How should they actually handle, you know, their their desire to look good? Well, uh, yes, have a budget for it. Um, you know, it's okay to buy lotions occasionally. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. Um, but, but you have to budget for it. And, again, you have to just ask yourself, do, do I really need this? I mean, for me, my bathroom was filled with so many lotions. and It was unbelievable. And I, I was just, every time I would go out to a store, I would forget about what I already had. So think about what you already have and what this new product, this new purchase is going to add to that. Is it going to contribute anything to your life? So if psychologically, we have... what were you doing? You, you go out, you know you have all the stuff at home, and you still were buying more. Kind of what was going on psychologically then? Oh, I just thought, oh, this, this smells so good. It looks so good. I just really want this. And, and you know, just this one time. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll deal with it later. I'll, I'll pay off my credit cards later. Um, you know, I was just sort of pushing everything. I just kept saying, okay, later, later, later. So that's part of the syndrome of getting into the credit card debt is not dealing with the present, is what you're saying. Exactly. It's, it's being in denial. And then you're saying the same thing with the price of fun. This is uh, as far as entertainment and so on. You get over your head there as well, right? Yes. Yes, um, especially in a city like D.C., where, like I said, there's always something going on. Um, and, you know, I, I, I recommend some ways to cut down on that. Um, you don't have to go out every night. Um, that doesn't mean you have to sit alone at home all the time. But invite people over, have potlucks. Um, you know, there, there's a way to have fun and budget at the same time. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Nancy Trejos. She is the personal finance columnist at the Washington Post. Her book is called Hot Broke Messes. We'll be back after this.
markets up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Intense and intelligent. Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, keeps you informed of the ideological, theological, and economic war being waged against the United States of America. Kevin Lehman's bold and brilliant style challenges your deepest held beliefs and provokes you to ask the hard questions, religious, scientific, political, or financial. Kevin is holding the establishment's feet to the fire with high-profile guests that include politicians, economists, theologians, and business titans. He'll demand truth over tradition and facts over fiction. Full of passion, wisdom, and wit, Kevin's transparent and no-nonsense style make Catch Kevin unscripted and uncensored. The go-to show for real insight on business, politics, social issues, and breaking news. It's time to get real, America. It's time to tackle the tough issues head on. Tune in to Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you are looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business channel it's all arizona all over the world if you're a local arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world have we got a show for you the first internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is the coach's corner with scott lovely tune in to talk about your favorite teams players or coaches it's 100 arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more tune in mondays at 4 p.m pacific time 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Nancy Trejos. Uh, she is the columnist on personal finance topics at the Washington Post. Uh, her latest book is called Hot Broke Messes, How to Have Your Latte and Drink It Too. Welcome back to the show, Nancy. Thanks. And to give them uh, your website again, they can find out more about you in the book. Sure. It's nancytrejos.com. So that's T-R-E-J-O-S. You have a section called Hot Wheels. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, cars and getting into debt and better ways to handle that. Oh, I, I made a terrible mistake. Um, as you can tell, I pretty much made every financial mistake out there. Um, and one of them was when I, I turned 30, um, I decided that I needed a new car. Um, something was broken in my old car, even though it was paid off. For some reason, I decided that getting into debt, getting a car loan, and buying another car was the solution. 
Um, and so I ended up with um, a very cute beetle. It's silver. It's adorable. But I really couldn't afford it. I, I took out a, a five-year loan on it, and um, and I didn't even need the car all that much. Uh, I was hardly driving it because uh, you know my my job changed at that point, and I was no longer driving out to the suburbs as much. So I was stuck with this car and this loan. Um, and it was just a, a terrible mistake. Um, I, I really do, you know, cars depreciate the second you drive them off the lot. And so I, they're just not a good investment. I mean, granted, people need cars. Some people need cars for their work. Um, but we went through a time where people were getting these really long loans for their cars, you know, longer than five years, seven years. And, and that's just, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, so if you need a car and you don't have the cash for it, um, obviously you're going to have to get a loan, but make sure it's a short-term one. And don't, you know, I, I just don't really think it's worth it to buy a new car. I mean, why, why do you need one? You can get a cheap used one. You have a chapter called Good Bet, Dad, Good Bet, Dad, Debet, Debet, and you talk about um, student loans and other kinds of loans. What, what are some of the debts you would consider to be good, and what were some of the ones you'd be considered bad? Well, I, I don't regret my student loans because I got a very good college education and I got a college degree. So to me, that that was a good debt. Um, I paid a very low interest on it, um, and it's and it's something like I don't know. I paid something like ninety dollars a month. So I don't even think that much about that. Um, so. You know, that said, um, even though I consider that a good debt, I, I think it's unfortunate that these days a lot of kids are coming out of college with, with thousands and thousands of um, dollars in student loan debt. Um, I personally just, I only had federal loans. Um, some people out there have had to take private student loans, and those can be a little bit trickier to pay off. Uh, I think the interest rates, there's a, there's a cap on them, but, um, you know, they still tend to be a little bit higher if, if you don't. If you're not able to, if you get into some sort of situation where, let's say, you lose your job, um, if you have a federal loan, then you can get a forbearance. You know, you can, um, you have some leeway. I think with the private loans, it's not always as easy. Um, so I think there's a lot of people struggling with that. Um, I think mortgages can be good debt. I mean, if you're, if you buy a home and, um, you know, you and you're willing to live in it for a while, um, a few years then that can be a very good investment. Um, for a time, we, uh, we all got crazy and we're buying, you know, when, when the real estate values were soaring, people were buying uh, condos and then selling them months later. You know, that's no longer the way things can be done now. Now it's, you have to think of it as a longer-term investment, and it can be a very good one. Personally, it didn't work out for me, but it can be a very good investment. Um, so I, I think those can be two types of good debt if they're handled correctly. And the bad debt is pretty much credit card debt? Oh, yes. That's just the worst debt you can possibly get into. Um, and then, you know, car loans, I think, can, be, can also be problematic. Yeah. Then you talk about uh, retirement planning, and your topic there is uh, sex in the city meets the golden girls. <laughs> You're saying a lot of people are not really saving enough for retirement these days? I think um, especially young people, they come out of college, they think they're 21, they're 22, oh, they don't have to think about saving for retirement. It's, it's so, so many years off. And then they don't, they don't do anything. Um, and and per, I personally did this. You know, I could have gotten a 401K um, 
a year after uh, I, I got to the post. And I didn't even I didn't bother doing that because I thought, well, I'm not making a lot of money. I want to keep as much as I can in in my bank account. Um, and uh, you know, and and I gave up on retirement savings. You know, I could I would probably have more in my retirement account right now if had I started early. Um, so I, I think the big problem, and, and if you look at the statistics, I mean, just a lot of people in their early 20s just don't save for retirement, and I just think they need to do at least the, the bare minimum. And then you have a chapter on health insurance uh, titled, uh, What Do You Expect When You Didn't Expect It? Uh, is it similar when a lot of young people think they're invulnerable and, and don't have enough health insurance? Um, uh, yeah, I think I, I think that is a, a problem with with a with a lot of people, um, uh, they do. They think, oh well, nothing's going to happen to me, and then they they don't get their insurance. And you know, it, and it, health insurance can be very expensive. So I understand why the, the hesitation. But I think at the very least, they need to get enough to cover themselves for um, for emergencies. I mean, that's the bare minimum. Do, do you think the new the coming health insurance reform bill will will change that? I mean, there'll be a penalty if you don't have health insurance. Right. Uh, how do you think that's going to change things, for you, particularly aimed at young people? Um, you know, I think it, it's been such a big topic that, that everyone, you know, it sort of uh, it, it highlighted the fact that, you know, the problems with our health insurance. So, I mean, I, I do think that there are some benefits for young people, and at the very least I think it will it'll encourage them to get the bare minimum. And then you also have a section on long-term disability and life insurance. Do you think young people need both of those? Not, uh, not well. If if they're offered the long term disability by their employers, then um, then I don't. I, I think that's that can be a really good thing to do because you never know if you're going to have some sort of, you know, I hate to say this, terrible illness that'll keep you from working for a while. So you know, I think I think that's important to have. Um, the life insurance. Um, I think it's also important, um, but I, I think a lot of people get into a situation where they buy more life insurance than they really need to. Yeah. Uh, you then have a chapter called uh, Papa Don't Preach Unless He's Paying My Rent. This is kind of on relationships with your parents on, uh, over financial issues. How can people handle that better? Well, again, I, I think they need to talk to, like, have discussions with their parents, um, be honest about their finances. Um, but, uh, at, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, at some point you have to let go and make your own financial decisions and, and stop looking at your parents as, as the, uh, the people to go to when you're really down and out. Um, at, at some point you have to let them deal with their own retirement. Very That's good. Okay, well, it's been fascinating. My guest this hour has been Nancy Trejos. Her book is called Hot Broke Messes, How to Have Your Latte and Drink It Too. Her website is nancytrejos.com. Thanks so much for being on the Money Answer Show. I think people have learned a lot, Nancy. Thanks for having me. And we'll be back again next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next.